1: John
0: cohen
1: and Al Warren. Bird on 106.5 FM Los Angeles. 102.3 FM Riverside.
0: And 1050 AM Palm
1: Springs. Welcome back into the house
2: of Mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. Michael Hawley. It is a Tuesday to Tuesday, True
1: Crime Tuesday. That is correct. Uh, eventually, it's going to be a one Monday, Wednesdays kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm here now.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're here. You know, we have to get used to it. And, and, well, so here we go. So uh, Thanksgiving was good, right? You made it, made it through?
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I had to sign some release forms, so I might be uh, on another documentary coming up. So that's going to be pretty fun.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, they're, they're just putting out these, Bad shows
1: one after another. <laughs> I've got to be part of that. Yeah, you gotta get there before
2: well, you still can, right? I mean <laughs> Yeah. Pretty soon you'll be too old. You won't know what you're saying.
1: <laughs> well that happens half the time, so <laughs>
2: Yeah, they have to cut half of it. <laughs> oh that guy's drooling again, you know.
1: <laughs> right into my goatee. <laughs> yeah, what's he saying?
2: What did he say? He, oh, he needs the bathroom again. <laughs>
1: Uh, change another diaper.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that now. Yeah, anyway. well. Well, you know, it's not that Hey, listen, you know, you look at Dolly Parton and Cher were playing at the... Uh,
1: oh, yeah, awesome. That, look at that. And
2: Parton in her little outfit, you know, Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at 77. Wow.
1: And rocked it, yes.
2: Yeah, and Cher 77, too. It's like, wow. Jeez. That's... Um, <laughs> Jesus, how come uh, people don't look like that in the grocery store? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, don't know what the, where they go, where they are, but that's right. Uh, so yeah, you, you know, uh, mind you, your wife, she's up there too, right? She looks pretty good, but she's not that. Oh, old, yeah. But. Yeah,
1: as I said, she was a nationally rated judo player, so she's a tough lady. So I'm afraid of her
2: yeah I would, be. but yeah, she's going to be like a share, you know 20, Oh, yeah twenty thirty she you know, so you you know you better get your stuff together, <laughs> of course, left behind, you know, <laughs> you know who, who's yeah they'll be going does your father need help <laughs>
1: don't touch my walking chair,
2: <laughs> yeah that's, that's I'm saying. oh, isn't that nice? look at that sweet girl taking her dad out for a walk. <laughs> that's uh, right that's hey that's <laughs> well today we have got a retired uh p- homicide detective all oh, right believe he's a, a, a policeman anyway we have got to find out let's see what's going on here he's a writer and his book his newest book is called sweet thing a novel so let's welcome david swinson thank you for being here
0: yeah hi good to be here hi david hey
2: well well david so you came from the policing world
0: yeah, not, not homicide. I was uh, major crimes. I, I worked a lot of homicide and high profile homicide investigations, but I wasn't assigned there. I was assigned to major crimes. Oh, okay. So major crimes
2: is kind of all sorts of stuff then.
0: Yeah, it's whatever uh they want to give you that is high profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have to say I, I always I always ask this whenever we have detectives or cops or people on that retired and stuff, I always wonder how when, you, when you're in that kind of a business and you're in it for a long time, it, it, is it hard to separate seeing people as good? You know what I mean? Because every day you go in and you're just dealing with the bad side of people and what they do bad and bad people and people that do wrong things and stuff like that. So when you're outside of that on a, on a day off, let's say, uh, do you just tend to look toward people like they're doing something wrong? Is it hard to break away from that?
0: No, no. I mean, I, I saw a lot of the the worst and a lot of the best in, in, in humanity. It's not all bad. There's a lot of bad, a lot of death, but there's a lot of good. I try to focus on that. I guess that's true. You know, bad things,
2: good things do come
0: out of bad things. Yeah, and a lot of what I did was... Um, when I was with in high to high intensity drug trafficking, we put away a lot of bad guys and that, that, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I felt good about that. And, you know, I wasn't dealing with a lot of um, victims like before. And that's can be sad when you have a lot of victims that you're, you're dealing with. But like you said, it is, there is truth to that, that a lot of good can come out of bad. And I've seen a lot of very, very strong people yeah
2: oh i imagine um so now after you retire from that kind of work you've gone into writing Uh, is this something that you've wanted to do for a long time have you always been writing on the side since you were a kid type thing or yeah
0: yeah my my first book i i wrote during summer vacation when i was 17 and i got my first rejection when i was 18 (laughs) oh yes (laughs) but you know um my degree in college was film i always thought i'd be a screenwriter but i fell into the alternative punk rock scene and um ended up promoting concerts but and uh, i didn't become a cop until a little later in life that was something i always wanted to explore and do as well
2: isn't that interesting
0: but writing writing was always first and foremost i always knew i'd be an author
2: so so um so you've retired and you decide to make a, a, a run for it, so to speak. You're, you're going to be a writer and do this, you know, the, the full thing, the books and that. So you've gone into kind of a, a, it's, a it's crime, mystery, thriller, suspense sort of thing like that. So it's kind of, kind of, is there a lot of influence from your work, from being policing?
0: Yeah, nothing, nothing real at all. It's all fiction, but um, a lot of it is based on life experience. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, how that, that happens.
2: So now your main character, um, is a detective, I believe, right? Isn't that Alex Bloom? Yeah. Uh, and so where does he come from and how do you, how, how is your interaction with your characters? Like when you write a character like Alex Bloom, do you, do you hear them? Do you see them, feel them? Like, do you have that kind of relationship or what's it like for you?
0: Well, yeah, they stay with me for months before I actually write, start writing the story. And, um, I just get to know their history, write their history down. They start living inside of me and um, having dialogue and stuff like that, how they talk. And and then when the story starts, it always starts with the character. And then I I write by the seat of my pants. And um, so the story always falls into place, hopefully. And um, I I don't outline. So I just sit down and and try to write. And then hopefully it, it happens. So
1: you, you start with your character. Are there, like, aspects of your character that really kind of put you into the idea to get a, uh, a book like Sweet Thing? Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I get the basic idea that I want to explore. And um, so there are certain character traits that I, I like. I, I like involving a, a mother who's in assisted living with um, dementia. And, and there's certain th- things like that I'll, I'll throw at the character. So you're throwing
2: things at your character because you want to
0: oh, yeah, because you really want to see how they, how they change, I guess yeah, you need to see them evolve or in his case, uh, evolve: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> So then your life experiences, especially as a detective, you can you've got a lot of uh, stuff to, to, you know, to fill in on those pages
0: yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's all I, I don't go for anything real or anything that happened. Yeah, I've been there and I, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot, you know, being a cop and, you know, the other things. I wasn't always a cop. And, um, you know, I, I try to put that life experience on the page and I also try to put the city I'm working on the page too.
1: Is it DC, Washington, DC?
0: Yeah, Washington, Washington, DC. Yeah. Okay. All my books have been Washington, DC.
1: So like you had like the shopping cart. Killer, I think that was in Washington D.C. and that sniper killer.
0: I don't know the shopping cart one, but I know the sniper. I was I was sort of everyone was involved in that. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah, and then you yeah, had the shotgun killer, and okay, yeah, there was yeah, there was the murder capital for a long time. All right, <laughs> <laughs> shopping cart. That was me. Shh. They don't know. Yet. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, you're giving yeah. it. Everything a knock on the door now. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Shh. A little more than a knock,
2: probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kick and bang. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but see, I, I think that um both both Mike and I write nonfiction and true stories, and so we deal with a lot of different characters. Let's just say I know I met people in prison and, and and all sorts of stuff, right? And you, you kind of pick up how. People react and stuff, and I think that really helps the book. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, um, do you do you ever sort of really do you live out your character then, like Alex Bloom? Are you sort of living through that character as you write and go through these situations?
0: No, I I don't want you know. Well, for instance, Frank Marr, which was the second girl, was uh, one of the New York Times top ten crime fiction books of the year and stuff, and which is phenomenal. I But I bring that book up because Frank Moore. I would not want to live. You know, he was an addict, you know, and uh, a cop retired quietly um, because of his addiction problem. So what you mean by live it out, you mean?
2: Well, I mean, like, when, because, like, when a lot of times when we talk to authors, like, they sort of, they're like you in the sense that they're writing a character, Alex Bloom, it's fictional, but he's, you know, he's a homicide, and you put things, you throw things at him, like, you know, you've got different series of events that you're going to put him through. Uh, and in order to write that character to, to where it sounds real and they, they act and seem real and say the right
0: things, so to speak, um, you sort of have to feel it. Oh, he's alive, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, they're alive in me, without a doubt. All my
2: characters, and so, so Do you think that changes you? But like when you when you go through a book, like when the writing of Sweet Thing, however long it took you to do it. So you go through this whole book, it's completed now it's done in the publisher, it's out, and that. Do you think that that experience during that time of writing changes you in some some aspect?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, you know the the Mar books definitely. You know um, he stayed with me and. You know, and he comes back in Sweet Thing in a smaller role. And there are a lot of things that, that stay with me uh, that, that I throw at the character, like the homicide the death scenes and, and stuff like that. I mean, I'll think about them, you know, in bed and not wanting to think about them. And then um, the character does stay with me, too. And um, I, I, I don't want to give away anything, but, I mean, it was uh, – it's, it's tragic. This is a, a tragic story. I guess at the end of it, it,
2: it, it does it end up being sort of a, a subtext or a meaning to the story? I, I, I mean, you might not have intended it because, like you say, you don't outline. You just sort of, you're going by the seat of your pants and you're kind of throwing things at the character and you're going through it and, and you get to the end of the book. So sometimes this just happens organically. But is there some sort of a, do you think there's a subtext or a meaning to the story?
0: I think there's always meaning to, you know, stories. And, um, I, I try not to find meaning to my stories. Um, it, it is organic, like you said. And that's how I like to write. And that's why I'm really impressed a lot of times when I read reviews and they find meaning to it that I go, yeah, okay, that, that's good. I like that. Wrong with that. That's exactly what I meant to do, you know? <laughs> and then the bad reviews, you know, well, yeah, well, I sort of meant to do that. It's too bad you didn't like it. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I don't. If you were to ask me what is the meaning of A Sweet Thing or any of my books, I I would not know. Yeah, that's
2: what I mean. It's not intentional. It just sort
0: of happens. Yeah. I don't think it is inten. For me, it's not intentional at all. I don't think writers, a lot of writers, I think there are some that can do that, and you know, that's incredible if they can, but I don't think a lot, I think it comes to a lot of writers when they write, and then, you know, it says something really, I'm not saying it's me, you know, says something really great, you know, and. That they did not intend for it to, you know, um, I, I often think about like, for instance, to kill a mockingbird. Did she intend to make it that, have that kind of meaning, you know, all those meanings, you know, and, or did it just happen organically? I wish I could have talked to Harper Lee. That's the one book, I guess, that stands out in, in your question, like uh, a book with incredible meaning. Well, and it's, sometimes it can be something
2: small in your life. I think that happens. Yeah, that happens to you, and you take that and you put it into something, and it turns out to be very meaningful to a lot of people.
0: Oh, you're intuitive, because my mother was an Ashkenazi Jew, and she suffered from dementia, but it was ovarian cancer that got it. So very much, yeah. I brought that into the book. So those things, yeah. I, I that doesn't really. It's not like um, me trying to say something. It's just something I'm bringing in for the character. I'm not trying to get into dementia and what it means and all this kind of stuff and but just the pain of it I guess for the, the both both uh well the mother doesn't really experience the pain, but um for him and his family members, yeah. There's a lot of pain having to go through that with a loved one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference if you experience it and it's personal to you than, you know, like a victim or a case or something like that you don't do that you just you don't you don't do that it's first of all you'll get sued but um unless unless it's true crime and you enter you get you know all the whatever the waivers or whatever you get signed but in fiction i think there was an author that did that and used an actual autopsy report and it was so unusual the autopsy report that a family member read it (laughs) excuse me so that was my child (laughs) and uh indeed it it was yeah you have to uh, you know for
2: for me too if i'm doing an up-to-date crime uh story i'm always uh i get everybody involved all the family members i can everybody the police yeah that's the yeah yeah. because not only that i want them it's their story it's not mine i'm telling it and and i and i want to make sure that you know i understand it and i can only do that if i get a lot of people involved and get them so that they're like, and I send it to them before it gets published and say, so how's this? And yeah, I think it's important to do it right. And I think the good thing is in fiction, like you can, you can take the feelings from things you've seen or been through. You don't have to write them as as a story, but you can absorb that kind of emotion and kind of.
0: Yeah, let it come out. And you you do get everything right in fiction too yeah oh
2: yeah
1: yeah so is there a level of therapeutic um value that when you write like
0: that then definitely when you actually it's very painful until I get sit down and actually do it <laughs> but when it it starts happening then it's um and I get past like ten thousand words or whatever and it just starts going then it's very therapeutic, it's wonderful I always say the good thing about the crime fiction
2: writer is you get to if you want you get to um serve justice in a sense because so many times in real life when you see stories or you see what happens to sometimes to people you realize wow you know there no 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 real justice happened you know not for anybody's fault It just sort of the way it went sometimes the criminal gets away you know so to speak and then it's like it, i guess in fiction you could you could Make sure
0: the criminal gets it. <laughs> yeah, you can get your bad guy. that's fine. Sometimes not. Um, well,
1: you you said that you like there. You had an element of tragedy in your book, so you might like that. Not.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. It's um. It's a different kind of justice. Justice in this book. It's not the ju- judicial system.
2: <laughs> that's only you know, and that's only that. It can only go so far, and it can only be one one thing. You know, and it, it, I guess. Um, when you when you write this sort of stuff, um, how how does it make you feel at the end? Do you, do, are you happy about the stories and the way it's going and and everything like that, or do you feel like um, what's it what's it do for you?
0: Sometimes that you know, I mean, in this case, I was very sad, you know. But um, with uh, all of my other books, I was uh, they were left open, and you know, I I really liked that. So yeah, I, I it's weird when I finish a book, I, I there's this. Emptiness that overwhelms me, you know, it's like it's over. Damn. Okay. Okay. Well, but it's not really over because there's the editorial process. There's the copy editing process. There's everything else that has to happen. So it's never really over. It is actually when it's out, it's, it's born and it's over. But when you first finish, I don't know if you guys feel this, but when you, I hit that last word and it's done, I, there's, a real emptiness
2: oh certainly certainly and, and you know and then the the edit process and the publisher process and all that stuff is just it i i i i hate it i actually love it i love my editor I, mean,
0: I do i love mine too
2: like i'm not i'm not slamming her because uh, it's just i just hate the process
0: well you better be careful
2: <laughs> 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 yeah hopefully she's not listening no 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 you see and i met her through one of the very first publishers i've had she was pub. she was editing for them and I liked her. I liked the way she did it, and I liked the way she challenged me. It was just good. Mm-hmm. And so when I move on, even working for the other publishers, I still send my work to her. She still does Oh, really? Yeah, I still work with her. And then I take that edit it
0: process, and then I send it to publishers. Oh, I, I understand. Yeah. My, my editor's with the publisher.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what, you know, mine, mine still will be, but I'm very – I just, I connect it with someone and I like having that pre-edit and then I edit and then I can send it out to them and then, then they can go at it what it does. But it just, I just like the work with the edit. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: makes sense. Yeah. I've had six books with Josh Kendall at Mulholland Little Brown. And, um, like like you said, I mean, he definitely challenges me and he'll, you know, he makes me, he's made me a better writer. I mean, really. And I think that's incredible when an editor can just, you know, do that to you you know and um, I, I look forward sometimes I'm scared at first i like, ah you know is he gonna like it but then once it passes and, and all that then we get started it's it can be fun yeah so
1: do you have uh, beta readers before you do that? do you have anybody to help you out or just to say oh I like this one or
0: uh, friends friends and loved ones and yeah right just a handful yeah. of people not beta readers but um, people I know. Um, which are the people you, honestly, you can't trust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go, oh, yeah, it's good, man. We love it. We love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. No, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, my wife tells me when it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, Jennifer would, would tell me when it, when it sucks, too. <laughs> Very yeah. bluntly. Yeah. Um, and so would a couple. In all fairness, a couple of my friends would also tell me, well, oh, David, I don't know. And my agent, actually, is... Um, very good about, about that. I, I try to let her not try. I let her read it first and her kind of wording is like, are you sure you want to put this out? <laughs> you know, kind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And
1: then you go, uh, well, maybe you're not so yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. He's an agent for a reason.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Very diplomatic. Yeah.
2: No, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like working with the editor in that way, but it's just, uh it's a different process, right? It's not the same as when you're down there creating and stuff. And and do, it's true, editors do make you a better writer. Mm-hmm. If you're open to it, if you're working with one and you, they throw things at you, then you go, oh, yeah, because they're just spotting out. A good editor will make you a better writer is actually, really what you should look for in an editor anyway.
0: Yeah, Definitely you know.
2: And and does it, does it, do you ever get bothered by reviews then? I mean, because you're putting a lot of this, ha- you know, it's, it's close to you in a sense, you know, it is, when we write books, it is too. And uh, sometimes you put your feelings in characters and doing things and then someone writes and goes, well, that character's awful. Or I don't like this person. Uh, do, do you ever sort of...
0: Not, not from book reviewers. I mean, I mean like, uh, readers, I mean, on on social media or, like, Goodreads or whatever, um, I try not to read those because some of them can, you know, be pretty bad. It's, a lot of them can be great. But I I would be very bothered by um, if a big newspaper or magazine or, you know, blog, you know, just um, tore it apart, you know, or trade, you know. Um, yeah, I'd, that would hurt. <laughs> oh, you just hunt them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can You know, unfortunately, I, I would not last long in jail. I've like got claustrophobia. Well, then,
1: often in your next book, then.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I,
2: you know, we talked about it. I've got uh, some New York Times writers. You know, it's, they, that said that that's what they do. They actually not so much necessarily book reviewers, but um, people they've met in their life. They've come across people or someone that's been really rude. To someone else in front of them, and they've kind of taken that person and used them as, as their a bad character. That they end up having something awful happen
0: to. And well, Sean Kane in, in the book is a, a homicide detective in real life, and Sean Kane is the name. It's not his him in the book, but I asked him permission. Can I use your name? And I, I got him shot in the shoulder, <laughs> <laughs> but he's a friend of mine. You know, yeah. and I, I've used a, a lot of. And and the Frank Mar book I can't remember which one I think Crime Song Jeffrey Baldwin if you notice the the picture of me on the flap it says photo by Jeffrey Baldwin he's a very good friend of mine I, I kill him in, <laughs> in Crime Song <laughs> and then Chris Doyle Chris Doyle I kill in um in 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 Sweet Thing.
1: So you gotta watch out. You being a friend is pretty, uh, yeah.
0: dangerous. Yeah. Don't need, don't need enemies. Yeah. No, I think it's an honor to be killed in a book. Do you know that James Patterson, uh, a couple of books ago that he wrote with Jim O'Born, um, someone said, Hey, you got to read this chapter. And there were two chapters and I read a chapter and then it introduces this detective hopping out of an explorer, Detective David Swinson. And then. And another chapter later on, it goes. And then the fat detective, David (laughs) Swenson. You know, I'm far from you know. I have nothing against you know overweight people. I mean, but I'm not overweight at all. (laughs) I I really take care of myself when I eat well. So that was just a real a rivet, you know, in in a good way. I didn't take offense to it at all. No, no. He's a funny guy. We just had him a week or so ago. Yeah, he's a good guy.
1: Speaking of that, David. Do you, you know, you said that you read, uh, have read some
0: of his, his stuff. Does that
1: influence you
0: in your own writing? I I, I I wouldn't want anybody to take offense to this, but no, not really, no. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll go, that's really good on with story and stuff like that. But the things that influence me are like um, rereading, like To Kill a Mockingbird and Charles Dickens and stuff like that. I mean, I have a lot, I'm reading right now. And I can't say I'm, it would be, I'd be lying if I say I'm not being influenced by it, because it is. It is David Joy's um, Those We Thought We Knew. It's brilliant. Um, so, and he's a he's a, a young, uh, he, his blurb is on the, the cover of, of Sweet Thing for me. And he's one of those outstanding writers. So he's alive. <laughs> and there's a lot of living authors. Yeah, but of course, I, I take it back that I, I am very influenced by, but I can't name them because, there's just too many of them and I'm gonna free up one of them and the other one's gonna go, Why? Why didn't you mention me? Well Patterson can't but, uh, write. Don't worry about it. Huh? <laughs> Patterson can't write, so don't worry <laughs> Well he doesn't really write a stop, does he? Well a lot of it mm-hmm. he does. He has a lot of it. Uh, uh, but I, I think like his co-writers write most of it, I think I think. I don't I'm not I don't know. It
2: seems like he puts um he does um, quite a, a big outline.
0: Yeah, I, I that's what I hear is he uh does the outline and he calls you at like three in the morning and stuff like yeah, that yeah but um i, I don't i don't know yeah making that up. But, no it's, um, it's
2: kind of it's that's not far off that's what he's doing. Okay. he's doing yeah. he's calling people at two or three in the morning so he
0: is obviously i mean he does write a lot especially the outline is the hardest part i don't outline like i said but that would be the hardest part for me to do if someone gave me an outline make my job easier well we'll work on that i'll get him to say <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. no i
2: think i uh, it's it's all good right i mean i i i'm sort of like you too but i'm i'm listening to a lot of books more so than reading because i have so little time but i'm doing a lot of older stuff i'm really stuck in the 40s and 50s
0: yeah me too i mean uh i love higgins like the friends of eddie coyle is one of my favorite books and you know, um, you know all those books. Definitely, I,
2: I think I think that's sort of because there's different ways you can write crime, and I'm guessing from your sound and the way I write and what you're what you're reading, you are really into the character and the emotions and a lot of the <laughs> stuff that goes with it. It's not just
0: bang bang. No, yeah, no, it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. Sometimes for, for me, I'm not talking about for the reader. I don't, I don't know, maybe, but um, yeah. That's that's what I like and I like books like that too whether they're nonfiction or fiction
2: Oh, exactly. Yeah. It, it, there's a connection and, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of get into the character that way. Yeah. I have to have a connection with the character. Yeah. Cause the character is the most important, right? Because when you look at stuff like, mm-hmm. uh, look at, look at some of the biggest characters in life, you can even go to Sherlock Holmes. Modern mm-hmm. people still go to England and look for where he lives and stuff. <laughs> he was never alive, but you yeah, I know, be, that. I mean, yeah. but, but, but if the character captures, if you can write a character that captures people, It'll live forever. Yeah, like that's Moriarty,
1: uh, the the yeah. antagonist too.
2: Right, of course. yeah, yeah. you've got yeah. you got to have it, and that's kind of that's kind of I think the, but that's great, that's great stuff, you know, to write that way. Well, we'll get you an outline. I'll I'll get one written.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, where do you see this going then? How how do you, do you, you're just doing it? So when you write a a series like this, like with when you've got detective or something, and you're writing a series about it. How far do you go with that series? Do you kind of, because you don't outline, so you just sort of do it as it goes?
0: Well, three things are standalone. Frank Moore was a, a trilogy, but he can come back, and I'd like to bring him back. My, my next book for Mulholland Books is um, tentatively called Hound of Heaven, and I'm working on that now. And that'll take place in upstate New York, and but um, we'll deal with a, a retired D.C. homicide detective. But, um I don't know whether that would be cool if that became a series. Yeah, I love I like series, but I you know, I really sort of after three books of writing a character I sort of like lose interest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I get a you know, fan mail and a lot of people go, you know, where's Frank Marr? You know, we want Frank Marr. Bring him back, bring him back. So I, I know you know, one day I, I, I have to bring them back, you know, and I'd like to.
2: Well, so, so, but when you did Frank Lauren stuff, when you're doing that as a three part series, you never thought about it at the beginning. When you're writing a book at the beginning, you're not going, okay, this is going to be a series. I'm going to do.
0: Well, actually the first book I did. Okay. Uh, and no, I actually I didn't. And then, um, the first book ended up getting me a three book deal with, uh, with my publisher and they encouraged me we need more of, of him. And so I, I wrote two more of him. And then um, then I, I just couldn't write any more of him. <laughs> and I love him, but I just, you know, there's was not nowhere else I, I thought I could go.
2: Well, bring him back. Um,
0: that's Francis Mar. He's had a sex change. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can, coincidentally, you know who I, I absolutely, I, I have a film agent, and that book almost became a series and a film so many times. and never happened, and um I just put a, a bug in his ear and said, listen, you know, what would be really cool is, can you get the second girl, you know, uh to Jennifer Garner? And I'm putting this out there, yeah. And, you know, as Frankie Marr, because she was so cool and peppermint. She's tough and uh, at the same time fragile but tough. And uh, Frank is fragile and tough. So, I mean, Frank can be a girl or a boy, Frankie Marr. Yeah, definitely. There you go, you see. Yeah, but no, I mean, I I can't bring him back with sex change, but she could like bring him back in a in a film. Um, That'd be way cool. Yeah, or a series. I mean, yeah, uh, or some any woman could do Frank Moore. Well, there you go. We see we're we're working on it see we'll get it worked out give her a call man yeah there you go (laughs) she's not on my speed dial so sorry oh
2: now the book's out and at at the end of the day what do you what do you hope readers get out of the book are you looking for is it just great entertainment great action fun
0: i hope they just enjoy the read you know that um and they're not disappointed they um Can get involved in the characters how do you how do you write your your action or your violence you know the action scenes
2: and stuff like that or do you put much of that in there
0: yeah it does have a lot of action clues i actually just remember my actions personal action scenes (laughs) and, and try to and try to you know and and it's the book's first person so i i write it in his his point of view, and, and so it's almost like writing from my point of view, uh, you know, again, not based on anything real, but based on a lot of, you know, fights I've been in and, you know, and, you know, stuff like that and the shootings I've witnessed and, you know, things like that. Action is um, tricky, not the most difficult thing for me. Um, what is difficult for me is um, making sure the characters are right.
2: Yeah. So is it particularly violent then? Does it get
0: really... Yeah, it can get a little violent. All my books get a little violent. Okay. You kind of like that, eh? (laughs) Well, that's, I don't know, that's a little warped.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> it keeps
0: it going too, right? You need you need to have some of the action. Yeah, no, you have to have some. Well, you don't have to have violent small books, but I mean, in crime fiction, you, you should have a little bit.
2: Yeah, because it's kind of what keeps it moving and stuff like
0: that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, kind of interesting.
2: Well, listen. So, are you? So, are you doing social media? And do you have a website? And do you have all that sort of stuff? Are you online and available? Yeah.
0: No, there's um davidswinson and um. I'm on Twitter, Case Jackets <laughs> is my Twitter sign. And then um, I'm on Facebook is David Swinson, and then Instagram. It's all public, so I welcome anybody that wants to, you know, uh, friend me. And you doing TikTok yet? Or? No, oh my gosh, I can't do that. <laughs> no, that's one thing I won't touch. That. No, Ooh, <laughs> that's just, this thing yeah, can... I don't do anything with, with my face going out there, but also I just don't. <laughs> I don't really like TikTok.
2: Oh, come on. You could put on, like, a mask and a hat. And you could... <laughs> yeah, then I'd
0: be some sort of freak, an older freak. And...
2: Well, they won't know that. Just put a mask on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just get
0: a knock on the door by the local PD here. Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> Sven Gulli does it. Come on. You can do it. <laughs>
0: just just, tell, just say your name's
2: Michael Hawley. How's that? It'll work. I'm <laughs> telling yeah, you. Yeah, I will, actually. Try it. <laughs> just to say you're him. and, and
0: 60,000. Okay, it's right there. I'll grow my goatee out like him. And do you still have that, Michael? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll see your pictures. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and hold up
2: oh. hold up the book, you know. Buy buy this book. It's really good. I like
1: this writer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, dance, get a dog, you know.
1: know. Do a moonwalk. <laughs> do a moonwalk.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's, most people. No, know. I love you already, man. You're great. You're my kind of people. But I don't know. Well, you know, you're going to laugh at it all because these things just
2: going on around us and we just keep getting older and uh, I know, you know,
0: it's, it's up out there right now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, we're have, trying to have a good time. Best we can is with yeah. what we've got. And that's all, that's all you can do, right? Yeah. You know, everything else <laughs> is just fiction. Well, we appreciate you on the show. And of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And the book, of course, is called Sweet Thing. It's a novel. And, of course, our, our guest has been the author, David Swinson. Thank you very
1: much. Thank you. Nice speaking with you, David. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This is been a production of Something Wave Media. I'll be back.